This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastically amazing co-host, Brie Tucker. Woo! Hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Come on down. Woo! <laughs> well, it feels, like, feels like a game show opening. It is. It's yeah. like we get to have our very own game show with a podcast. It's really the best of both worlds. It is. It is. I love like we just get to hang out, be cool, and people actually want to hear what we have to say. That's awesome. It's, we're, it's amazing. Well, it's like the friendship. It's not like, like It's just home. hanging out and like having fun. And we all got to hang out and have fun on Friday. I know. I had an awesome weekend of catching up with people I hadn't seen in a while. So it was definitely a coming out of the pandemic weekend. It was. It was fun, though. It was like six of us who we used to hang out before the pandemic. And now we finally got to see each other. And oh, my gosh, we were so loud. Like our kids were over in the house and they were all hanging out in the backyard on the trampoline. And we stayed out like 1130, I think. Oh, yeah. I didn't get home to after midnight. Yeah. yeah, it was. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy for me. I can't remember the last time I stayed out to midnight. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard. Like you snapped a picture of me that I didn't even know you took. I was sneaky. You were so sneaky. I, I was sneaky. a photo ninja. But I showed Josh and he's like, wow, I remember that face. I haven't seen that in a while. Aww. I'm like, nope, because the pandemic has taken the joy <laughs> from everything. Sucked it right out. But it's coming back. It's people. coming back. It's good. So we hope that you are getting the chance now to see people and, you know, all in vaccinated goodness. And it's just it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. No, Positive right? times ahead. Good things are coming. This is my new mantra, actually, because I'm a very doom and gloom kind of person. Like not I'm not doom and gloom. That's the wrong kind of. I was going to say you're not really. It's more like trying to manage expectations. Like before this whole pandemic, I'm like, well, I don't want to get too excited. So I'm just going to say like, oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Oh, I need to prepare myself, you know, and now I'm just like good things are happening today. Good things are going to happen today. And that's that's what I'm trying to concentrate on. 
I like that mantra. I do think that when you put good things out there, positive things come back. So today on our episode, we have something very interesting to talk about. Yes. Like the summer coming up. Yeah. And there is one thing that we keep hearing over and over from people. And I get it because it's on my brain too. Mm-hmm. How are we going to handle screen time during the summer? Yes. Why is screen time becoming this all like everywhere? Every parent is really concerned about screen time. Well, I think it's because we're coming out of a year of us being on screens. And you know what? The pandemic has changed our lives. Like Mm -hmm. if you were able to have very little screen time in your family prior to the pandemic, it was hard to maintain that during the pandemic Mm because your kids were probably on screens for school. Yeah. You were probably on screens more for work. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there was also the fact that we were on screens for communicating, keeping in contact with people, Mm -hmm. FaceTiming, Zooming, even phone calls, whatever. Yeah. We were plunged into this deep end of the pool where screens were involved in so many faucets of our life, it was hard to get away. Yeah. So if you are one of those people who feel guilty about screen time, and it it's kind of a scary thought too, especially with all the media uh, messages about like, you should keep your kids off screens. This is a total no guilt mom approach to screen time. We are going to take away your worries and fears and concerns. You are not going to want to miss it. So here we go. If you feel overwhelmed with everything that you have to do in your house and you just wish, you wish that your family would help you out more, come and get our Happy Parent Checklist. You can download it for free at noguiltmom.com backslash HPC. If you love listening to No Guilt Mom and how we chat about all things parenting, then you need you need to check out the PG-ish podcast with our friend Erin Holland. Oh my gosh, Erin is so amazing and so much fun. She is on a mission to transform your parenting experiences from overwhelm and frustration to growth and success through these amazingly bite-sized amounts of wisdom and truth bombs. I just, I love them. Like you can fit her into your schedule no matter what your day looks like. You can because twice a week she curates clips from today's psychologists, authors, parents, and teachers to provide you with the guidance to grow as an individual and as a parent as you raise happy, healthy, successful kids. And survive it all with a little more well-being. She's perfect for any busy mom's lifestyle. And most episodes, you know, they're really short. They're under 30 minutes. I know, right? If you like us, she completely meshes with our no guilt mom existence and mindset of you can do this. Throw away that guilt. You got it going. Yes. So check her out everywhere you listen to No Guilt Mom. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. much screen time is too much screen time. We get this question a lot at No Get Mom. I think it's rooted in a lot of stuff. Like for those of you that have kids that are, you know, the same age as Joanne's and mine. So mm-hmm. like you've got a kiddo that is probably in their double digits anywhere, I would say, between nine and 18. Mm-hmm. Or when, you have a younger kid. Yeah, or even a younger kid. But I think for ours, definitely with the nine through 18, like mm-hmm. we 
started our parenthood with the American Academy of Pediatrics telling yes. us stay away from screens. Oh, they are terrible for your kids. Yes. Right? So we had this fear and guilt like rooted into us yeah. when we started parenting. Yeah. And I mean, the American Academy of uh, Pediatrics, they were the ones we heard it from. We heard it from pediatricians like, don't let your kids on screens. And under the age of two, there should be no screens in the house. And I mean, I would not have started my business if not for Peppa Pig. <laughs> like, I really would not. Like, Peppa Pig is the reason No Guilt Mom exists because my son was on the couch next to me watching episodes of Peppa Pig while I was writing. And he started to become a little British. He was. He went to <laughs> go get his swimming costume and we went to Target and he's like, do we need a shopping trolley? <laughs> It was so funny. It It was great. But he's great. He's great now. And it's one of those things where the guidelines that are given for screen time are very restrictive for moms in particular, because I feel like moms are doing a lot of the child rearing and they're the ones who are around the kids all the time. And when you take away one of these tools that we could definitely use for good, I mean, it's not all evil. We could use it for good and we're going to show you how you can do it. It's limiting. Right. So I had to dig a little bit for this one because I wanted to know what the current recommendations were. Because again, back in the day when my kids were little, had a job. I worked for a local a hospital system out here in Arizona where I did the uh, in-home parenting support program. So it was my job to know all the regulations and the recommendations. So I could have thrown out to you the car seat recommendations, the screen time, eating, solid foods, all of that stuff. So back at that time, the American Academy of Pediatrics was pretty much your gold standard and it was no screen time under the age of one, recommended no screen time under the age of two, but if you had to do it, you could do a little bit, and so on and so forth. So when I started digging for these facts, Joanne, I found something very interesting. Mm. The American Academy of Pediatrics has not updated their screen time recommendations since 2016. Really? I would say a lot has changed in our world since then. Yes. And when I was searching for a accredited program that had recommendations for screen time for parents, the most updated one I was able to find was from February 2020. By the <laughs> Which obviously some things changed after February 2020. <laughs> I do find that very interesting. Like I didn't even put those two things together yeah. when I found this. I thought like, oh, Feb 2020, that's not that bad. And then you pointed out that it was right before the pandemic. And I'm like, ooh, good point. Oh, yeah. So the one that I did find was by the American Academy of Child and adolescent psychiatry. And I felt like that was actually a really good one, right? Because they're looking at it mm-hmm. from the psychological impact on children, the, the mental health aspect of it, which I think is where the majority of our fears and our guilt comes from. Am mm-hmm. I going to break my kid's brain yeah. by letting them watch screens? Are they not going to be able to interact with people? And are they going to become majorly depressed? And are they going to become like obsessed with video games and violence? And is that what's going to cause issues with your children? So just really quickly to run over the current recommendations from the AAC. C-A-P. That's a lot of letters. Until 18 months of age, they say try to limit the use of video screens to like maybe video chatting with an adult, especially because uh, seeing uh, an actual adult face is very helpful at that age because it helps them with communication skills. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to do screen time, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, those are great for kids at that age. And then their uh, recommendation then goes up to like under two years old. Just try to keep it educational. Yeah, which Peppa I think Pig is educational to some extent. I do think so. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, well, they've learned about social interaction. They do. And, and they're they give, like, and they're slow and they give you time to react. And Daddy Pig. I just remember watching. Like, it's hilarious. It's so hilarious because Daddy Pig's all scientific. He's trying to explain it. And Peppa's like, so it's magic. And Daddy's like, 
I love Peppa Pig. Like it's, it's very, but you know what it is like talking to a typical kid, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you're saying <laughs> magic. It's magic. <laughs> then they go on to like for kids two to five, limit the non-educational screen time. And I love this recommendation because they're not saying don't do it. They're mm-hmm. saying just try to limit it if you can. And their recommendation is maybe one hour per day, which mm-hmm. is a lot more gracious than what we had oh, when yeah. our kids were little. And they also have weekend days. Yes. And they even say like on weekends, like you don't have to go screen free. But, you know, maybe don't do unlimited for a two to five year old. Try to keep it like maybe like three hours ish. Mm -hmm. And then for kids over six, they're like, hey, you don't necessarily have to limit the screen time. You just have to talk about what is healthy. Yeah, and, and having limited activities on sc- that that do include screens, and that's a lot of what we talk about here at No Guilt. That Mom. is, and that's that's going to be part of our No Guilt Mom recommendations. Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Bree here, and let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey all, it is Joanne and Bree here and we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
months. Uh, yeah. So let's go through them. It's so funny, like looking at these. And I try at first to uh, figure out what the abbreviation would say. Would it be like ACAP? What did ACAP say? Because oh, uh, American. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But ACAP. Don't okay. you think they just A-cap. they looked at the <laughs> pandemic and they looked at their screen time guidelines and they're like, oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't think even on theirs they were, they were like, good enough. Good, good enough. enough. Good this enough. can it's way better than where we were coming from to begin it's with. Way way better. But you know, I think like one thing that I've always like. So we have been talking a lot about screen times with, especially like we have our balance group mm-hmm. of moms that we our do balance our balance coaching. coaching program, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they asked for more information about screen time recently because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They were wondering about what it was because again, there was no there's no hard. set I really information to find those guidelines. Yeah, it's a lot of guilt around screen time, and uh, these are the recommendations that we gave to our balance members and after like we talked about it with them they're like oh my gosh this makes me feel so much calmer and it also makes sense it makes sense it, it makes is, sense in today's a, world. it makes sense and it's and it's a plan that you can get behind and feel good about mm-hmm. so let's talk about this so the number one thing for screen time is always think about mentoring over monitoring now, monitoring is like all of this like software that we're told to put on our kids' devices, like trying, circle and right. like screen time and being like, what are they doing? And let's block them from this side. Let's block them from this side. Let's block them, you know, and we're trying to catch them being bad. And that's not good for a parenting relationship. No. Like trying to catch your kids like being bad in the act, there's no trust that's being formed there, nor is there any explicit teaching about like how to pick like screen sites and how to evaluate a site for content or anything like that. So instead of spying on kids, think of it as a mentoring relationship instead where you talk to them about your screen time habits. You may narrate what you're doing on the screen when you're around your kids. I do that a lot. That was advice given to us by Tessa Stuckey in one of our podcast episodes. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But like I take out my phone and I'm like, okay, um, I'm just expecting this one email. I'm just going to check emails really quick just to make sure that, you know, I got it and everything's okay or I'll be like on Facebook I'm like I need to like check this little comment so I narrate my time when I, my kids are seeing me on screen time. Well, and I think that's really important because a big point that Tessa brought up and I feel like we've heard it I know I've heard it repeatedly from other people as well that kids relate what you're doing to their own experiences. Mm-hmm. So if your child is typically on a screen, be it an iPad, a phone, a laptop, whatever, and their main thing that they're doing is video games or chatting with friends, they're not going to think you're on there looking up recipes for dinner. Yeah. They're not going to think you're on there reading emails from the school. Mm-hmm. They're not going to think that you were on there reading news articles. None of that's ever going to occur to them. They're going to go, oh, mom's playing games. Yeah. Mom's cruising Facebook. Mm -hmm. Right? So like that's why even just narrating or telling them what you're doing as much as you can remember to do it Mm -hmm. is super helpful. And that doesn't mean you need to hide when you are going down that Facebook rabbit hole or doing the mindless scrolling through Instagram because you just need something. I'm going to get on Instagram and then but then show them your healthy habits. Like I'm going to make sure that I'm only on it for 10 minutes while dinner is boiling on the stove or whatever it is. It is also really good to talk about your mistakes on social media because sometimes you do go down that rabbit hole and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I just spent 20 minutes and I have no idea where the last 20 minutes went. Or like I was looking on Instagram and looking at these pictures make me feel really bad about myself. Like I should be doing more things or I should be having a prettier life or my home should be cleaner. And like talking about 
how social media is affecting you personally, oh my gosh, it is such a good listen for kids because even though they may be like, especially like teens, they hear you and they better criticize their own like social media feeds because of it. Right. And what it really does is even though you may not see it right away and they may not even acknowledge you're talking. Yeah. You may be like this. I'm talking to empty air. Right. But they are hearing you. And what you're doing is helping them become more self-aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge thing. Again, it's all about mentoring or teaching over that monitoring. And by the way, like we're not bashing on parental controls at all. We're not saying that they are the worst thing ever. But what we're saying is you can't use them in a vacuum. You can't. can't just put them on and monitor your kid without any interaction or any discussion or just reprimanding them from what you find on there. That's not going to build healthy habits. Yeah. Parental that's controls kind of give you the the kind of hint about what your discussion should focus on. Right. But they shouldn't be the, I'm going to like take away all your screen time because you went to this one site. And I do want to ask parents a question on that. When you are using that monitoring program, I want you to really think about, are you using it because you don't trust your kid on on the screens or are you using it because you don't trust other people and what they're going to expose your child to? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a little bit of both. That's fine. But again, like we talked about, kids see things from their perspective, they're not going to be thinking about what other people are doing on the internet. They're mm-hmm. thinking that you're only looking and judging on them. Yeah. So if you do use the parental controls, which again, we're not saying don't use, like I am in support of them, but I think it's important to articulate to your child. I'm not saying I don't trust you. I'm saying I don't trust the other people. Yeah. Or, necessarily. Or I don't trust the algorithms. I mean, True. the algorithms are that's really a discussion I've been having a lot with my 12 year old. Like she's like, well, don't you trust me? Cause we talk a lot about time limits and like mm-hmm. screen time. We do these screen time and I'm like, I trust you, but these algorithms, they are meant to keep you online forever. Clicking on stuff, seeing ads like that is their job. Yeah. And if you haven't watched this and Netflix, I, I think it's still on there. The social dilemma. It was a really, really good sit down watch. Now, Your kids do have to be a little bit older, I would say middle school or older, to really gather the benefits of it. And if your kid is anything like my middle schooler, one of them was fine to sit and watch it. The other one the whole time was, ah, watch us. But it like, ah, but I know that some of it got through to her. It's an opening point for discussion because like those algorithms, oh my gosh. I mean, they will keep track of how much time you spend just staring at a picture and they'll feed you more of those pictures and learning who you are and what you like. And so it's very good to be aware of them. And there are some algorithms like I avoid altogether because I'm like, no, like you have learned me way too quickly. I'm spending so much time on you and it's not even completely under my control. Oh, hands up to people that have said something around their phone or Alexa and then the next day it shows up in your email or on your feed. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, it's listening. It's listening all the time. I know, but it's it's like, it's just, it's it's hilarious because like as soon as it happens, you know what happened. Yeah. At first, like, remember years ago, we were all like, oh, it's so weird that this happened. And now we all, I, I don't know about you, I just laugh. Yeah. I just laugh and like, yeah. It's so funny because we were looking up, uh, thinking of getting a new car and my husband was looking up a brand on his phone and the ad started appearing on my Facebook feed. And I'm like, 
I didn't even look this up. Like, I want to start this looking is up insane. I want to start looking up funny things and seeing like if I start getting like weird sale ads. Maybe like, I'm gonna look up like potato peelers that attach to your hat. And oh see yeah, <laughs> something like that comes up. Okay, no, no. Here, here's what it thinks. Uh, I could say like, I really want one of those hats with the soda cans and the straws. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. We I, have a Google in the I room. Wish, Let's see what happens. I no. wish I could find one of those. Right? I wish yeah. I could find one of those. <laughs> okay, we could keep going on this for hours. But yeah, so it's really mentoring over monitoring the yes. behavior. Yeah. And number two, be empathetic. Yes. Be thoughtful. What are the reasons your child wants to be online? Actually try to find out what is motivating them. Yeah. In Calm and Happy Parenting, our parenting course, we talk about how to drill down to figure out exactly what your kids' concerns are and what's going on in their heads. And this is such a useful skill as a parent because once you know what they're getting out of their screen time, you can teach them on how to get that thing outside of screens. Right. And if you're in a situation where like maybe their main thing is to connect and you guys are in a situation where they're not able to physically be out there with other people right now, then okay, talk to them about that. But also talk to them about how to use that and to be thoughtful about how much time they're doing and have a plan for how they're going to stop having that be their connection and go back to in person when they're able to do that safely. Mm -hmm. And it's You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before. And when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. It's funny because like screens have changed. Like they've changed since we're kids because we used to go and hang out all together. But now like kids hang out on their screens. And some of it's a little scary if they don't have the in-person interaction as well because you now go to the mall and you see kids like not even talking to each other. They're all on their screens. And that's something that definitely needs to be brought up to kids on an individual basis. Like I use the term fubbing. It's a P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Oh, yes, I know that. It's a combination of phone and snubbing. And I got it from the book Indistractable, which is a great book. Uh, We'll put a link to that in our show notes as well. (laughs) But fubbing is when it's phone snubbing. It's using your phone when you're around other people and you're snubbing them. And having that vocabulary to describe it Kids are then able to see when their when their friends are fubbing or when they're fubbing. Right. It's, and it's a fun word to say. Fubbing. fubbing. You're fubbing, fubbing me. Fubbing. You're fubbing me. Yes. <laughs> You're paying yes. attention to your phone. You're not paying attention to me. No. <laughs> so so again, like just be thoughtful, be empathetic. Try to actually find out what their motivation is for why they're on there. Because again, you might think they're just mindlessly playing games, but actually it might be filling another need for them. Yeah. Yeah. So what's number three? Number three is just setting boundaries and having those boundaries of when phones and screens don't come out. Yeah. Like Like in our house, no dinner time phones. No, no mealtime whatsoever. Yeah. Like all the phones go on our charging station counter. You know, we don't do that in our household, but we don't have phones at the table. And the same thing too, when we go out to eat, Mm -hmm. you can't take out your phone at the table. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. So it's just one of those. And I, I think if I had to take it away, I could. I do like the charging station thing. We just haven't made a space like that in our house yet. The charging station is really helpful because I am huge on sleep. Like sleep is very important to me and I like the benefits of sleep are so important I feel for kids. And that's like one of my things. I'm like if you're not getting good sleep, you cannot mentally perform well. Like that's a very strongly held belief I have. Um oh, so but it's also scientific. It's, very, it's also scientific. <laughs> it's Let, let's put it backed by research. But out of all like the research things, like I hold on to that emotional as well as factually. It's a big important factor of your family. Yes. It's a value of your family. Yes. Yes. Well, a value of mine. I don't know if it's a value of the rest of my family, honestly. Well, <laughs> I think if it's something that, that you focus your family routines around, yes, then it becomes a family value. Yeah. yeah. So since sleep is so important, like there is research that, you know, the blue light from screens prevents the production of melatonin, which helps you sleep. Yep. And so then it becomes harder to fall asleep at night when you use screens too close to bedtime. Yes. And so we have the charging station downstairs. So um, my son doesn't have electronics device. He's eight. But my daughter, who's 12, she does have a phone and her phone goes in the charging station at night and does not come up to her room with her because of that and she knows the reason behind it and she knows like it's not because I don't trust her it's because it really impacts sleep right so like if you're having a difficult time with those setting of the boundaries of certain times some suggestions are again like that charging station maybe everybody puts their phone on silent if you need to go as far as turning them off like just letting your kids know that it's okay 
to not respond right away. Oh, yeah. And to put the actual human connection Mm -hmm. ahead of the connection through the phone. And like not responding right away, also talking about notifications. I've gotten to the point now where like almost all of my notifications are turned off on my phone. Yeah. Because I cannot handle my phone going the ding, the ding, the ding, the ding. Every time an app that I have has something new that pops up. Or like these watches. Like I have a, oh, I I have have an a Apple watch, watch yeah. that connects to my phone. And I was just telling you the other day how I was like yes! exercising. And I was like, I had all the endorphins from exercising and I was focusing. And three pieces of bad news came in like within the minute. And I like look at my, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I look at my watch again. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the third one comes in and I'm like, I take my watch off and I throw it across the room because not only do notifications take you out of like the present, Mm -hmm. they like totally zap your happiness if it's something unpleasant to deal with. Right, right. And you know what? It's almost, uh, to me, it's almost as debilitating when it's something really good Mm -hmm. because I want to stop what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and share it. Yeah. So you're right. Like I do think that that that's a that's a big one again about setting boundaries and just being aware of where that's at and it goes back to the whole mentoring like talking about how these things like affect you and how they like take you out of the present moment and how they affect your mood as well I think is really important for kids to know and one thing that I really love about boundaries is that you can also use it to build trust with your kids Mm -hmm. I know it sounds like that's counterintuitive but just hear us out on this. Like you can start like after you talk to your children about why we're going to have boundaries and talking about the importance of of the mentoring over the monitoring and being empathetic to everything, then you be like, okay, so this is where we're going to start with our boundaries, mm-hmm. right? This is the time setting that we have. It can grow though. I'm telling you that I'm not going to be set on it always being this amount of time. It can grow as I see you having healthy habits, mm-hmm. which encourages your children then to practice healthy habits if they want to increase that time. I think that's a great thing to do. I think I'm going to be starting that actually today with my daughter to increase her. I took that from you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like the things I read and then the things I I put into place all the time where, you know, it's hard to put everything into play. And it's probably like you listening to this podcast right now, you probably hear a lot of stuff and you're able to tell people a lot of stuff. And then like things get busy and you don't do everything. It's not about giving yourself a hard time that you don't do everything. It's saying that there's so much that there could be done and you can always go back and implement the stuff that you feel is important that's been kind of put on the wayside. So you can always go back. But yeah, content limits and time limits are things that you can play with to give your kids more trust. Yes, things to look forward to, things to work towards. So our last tip is going to be about content creation Overconsumption. Yes, because not all screen time is created equal. No, it is not. You could be like scrolling through Instagram or TikTok and get nothing done, or you could be making really creative, funny videos that bring people joy or teach them something. Oh my goodness. I, I've seen some light up there because it's like, hmm, that's another thing too. Like when it comes to talking about the social media time and whatnot, I have to like remind my kids that part of this is my job as a head of content and community mm-hmm. to be on and to do certain things and to create videos. And and it is rewarding to have that thing you can look back on and be like, I made that. You made that. Yeah. And it's so funny, like working in social media, 
And if you have a career that involves your use of social media, it's hard sometimes to separate yourself from it. And uh, I know, Brie, you know I do this, but like I've unfollowed every one of my friends on Facebook. Yeah, it's like I have to tell her when there's something big going. I'm like, hey, just so you know, Jenna had something awesome happen this weekend. You might want to check it out. Yeah, because I mean, everyone's still friends on Facebook. I could still go to their profile and I'm like, oh, how awesome. But it doesn't like take me out of like my work state when I go on the feed. Right, because otherwise those notifications drive you bonkers. The notifications you like go on, you're like, okay, I have to post this one little thing. Oh, 30 minutes later, what happened? Right. <laughs> like right. if you don't so it's tricky. So like the big thing that we're talking about is just like it, teaching your children about the benefit of making content. Mm-hmm. Whatever that making of the content is. Like again, like in my household, I'm a lot more flexible when my son wants to play Roblox or Minecraft when he's doing it in creative mode. He's mm-hmm. creating a huge world for him and his friends to go check out later in Minecraft or he's using Roblox in the game creation setting and he's learning about coding and moving things around like and he knows that, that I'm a lot more flexible with that because, again, he's learning something. He's creating something. Mm-hmm, exactly. So it's just in a digital age, baby. It is. So, again, our four tips for screen time. Think mentoring over monitoring. Be empathetic to what your children's needs are. Be okay with setting those boundaries with time and with content. And also building trust within those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then the last one about content creation is so much more important over consumption. Yes. So tell us what you think of this. You can email us hello at noguiltmom.com. Or if you go to noguiltmom.com, you'll see there is a podcast link. You can click that podcast page. And then right at the bottom of the podcast page, you'll see a little microphone. Guys, you can leave us a voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail and you could tell us what you think. It's just like us talking to you. You'd be talking to us. And oh my gosh, we don't get many voicemails. And we would so love it if you left us a voicemail. Yes, that'd be amazing. So until next time, remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.